ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out on this podcast. What I'm going to talk about is concerts. Um, now, at the time of this recording, we are currently in the midst, in the middle of a global pandemic because of the coronavirus. So I was thinking earlier about concerts because it kind of gives you a, a because we're stuck in the house, basically, it gives you a different level of appreciation for the times when we could actually go outside and assemble with people and, you know, get together and listen to music. So um, what I want to talk about on this podcast is, uh, you know, my first concert, uh, some of my favorite concerts that I've been to, uh, some people that I haven't seen that I would love to see in concert and those who I will never see in concert. <laughs> uh, but like I was saying, you know, it, it's um, it got me to thinking because, again, we're stuck in the house. I mean, we don't know when we'll be able to, quote unquote, come back outside. Um, you know, so that in and of itself makes you appreciate, you know, the times when you could move about the planet freely without <laughs> worrying about being sick. Um, and so, yeah, it got me to thinking about concerts and, uh, obviously I have to think back to my first concert. Now my first concert, uh, well, actually, before I tell you about my first concert, let me go back a little bit. When I was a kid in the eighties, um, there was a thing called the Budweiser Superfest and Superfest would have groups like these, all of these great soul groups, like, um, you know, the Commodores and Confunction and Earth, Wind and Fire, Maze featuring Frankie Beverly. You'd have solo artists like Roberta Flack and I mean, countless others. I don't, I don't want to go into a list of all these people, but that was a big thing to be on the Budweiser Superfest tour. And then I think around 84, 85. Um, rap got involved because rap, because here's the thing at the time, it wasn't called hip hop <laughs> rap. You couldn't have rappers on a tour like the Budweiser Superfest and the Budweiser Superfest tour was the biggest tour for black acts at that particular time. And, um, you know, rap was a thing. It wasn't a, a major thing. It wasn't a thing where rap got a lot of airplay and things of that nature. So, um, you know, it was it, it was a budding thing, if you will, even though it had been around for a few years. But by the mid 80s, um, rep kind of branched off and they said, OK, well, we're going to have the, you know, Fresh Fest tour. And the Fresh Fest tour was just these rap acts. And, you know, there was a lot of concern from, you know, the communities and, you know, the powers that be, if you will, radio stations um, and these venues that, OK, if you have a rap concert that the rap fans are going to get into fights and people are going to get stabbed and killed and all hell's going to break loose. Right. And none of that happened. <laughs> so the Fresh Fest tour came in like 84, 85, somewhere around there. And, um, you know, it featured acts like Run DMC, uh, Houdini, LL Cool J, just to name a few. Right. 
So I wanted to go to the Fresh Fest. Well, actually, I wanted to go to the to the Budweiser Super Fest because I was just a fan of music, and most of the art, most of the acts, acts, excuse me, who were at the Budweiser Super Fest, I was a fan of. But you know, the reality is, I mean, you can't be 11 years old at the Budweiser Super Fest concert, right? So that didn't happen. My mom and my aunts and stuff went. So. Anyway, fast forward to uh, the Fresh Fest. I really wanted to go to the Fresh Fest, um, but my mom wasn't having it. She wasn't about to take me to some place, you know. And you know, it, honestly, I mean, like, because here, here's the thing: when the Fresh Fest came on tour, you know, I grew up in South Carolina. Uh, my hometown is Florence, South Carolina. Florence was a it's not big enough or at least it wasn't big enough at the time to hold uh, a, a concert of that size and, and have a venue that would, you know, accommodate, you know, 10, 15,000 people. So you had to go to the capital of South Carolina, which was Columbia, to see the Fresh Fest. And my mom was like, no, you're not going to Columbia. I'm not taking you. I'm not going. So she just shut down the idea. Anyway, long story short couldn't make it to fresh fest so i was itching to see you know somebody perform some some rap <laughs> somebody perform some rapidy raps in front of me uh i was in middle school so this had to be around 86 87 86 yeah somewhere around and um we got word that there was going to be a, a concert at the high school that i would be attending uh, wilson high school in florence uh and the concert, the artist that was coming to concert to, to to perform at this particular concert was Heavy D and the Boys. <laughs> oh, I loved Heavy D and the Boys. Now, I'll be honest, at the time, Heavy D and the Boys, at least to my knowledge, they had only had one single out, like Mr. Big Stuff. And that was it. So it was like. We were so amped up to see Heavy D and the boys. They were supposed to be performing in the auditorium at Wilson High School. And, um, you know, I, I just, I was, I was, man, I was so excited. I mean, like, it was crazy. And I remember that concert like it was yesterday. And it, what was interesting was a couple of things was that, one, I do remember being outside before the concert started and a long black limousine pulling up <laughs> and man we were so excited like and it's not i don't want y'all to think like i'd never seen a limousine before but again this is 86 you know I, what do i know i mean so we were so excited to see this long black limousine pull up right and it's heavy d and the boys um from my memory of that concert, I think Heavy D and the Boys performed three songs. I think that was it. Like, I don't remember, like, they didn't do their whole album or anything like that. I do remember them performing Mr. Big Stuff, but I, they couldn't have done any more than three songs. And here's the thing. If Mr. Big Stuff was the only song that was out, that's probably the only song that we recognized. But the whole auditorium was rocking because they were just... We're a small town. We were happy to have Heavy D and the boys, you know, uh, performing for us. Um, and then the last thing that I noticed about, you know, which I always knew 
especially as his career you know progressed was that everybody loved heavy d god bless his soul he's no longer with us um passed away a few years ago from a heart condition but man everybody loved heavy d like if you were around in that era and you said you didn't like heavy d we wouldn't even call you a hater something was wrong with you i mean like your mother and your grandmother liked heavy d because you know he had real simple music he was a big dude uh he could dance and you know he dressed fly and um you know he didn't curse so he was radio friendly um and really really talented guy man we lost a a gym in heavy d when he passed away man but um but yeah everybody liked his music so i remember even being at that particular concert and seeing older people from my community um you know tapping their feet (laughs) you know they they were standing up saying ho (laughs) so uh so yeah it was um it was my first concert man really really dope concert um now when it comes to my favorite concerts i've seen wow i've seen a lot of i've been to quite a few concerts i've seen everybody from i don't know jay-z to nas to new edition to rock him um but i would say in no particular order my three favorite concerts were uh the first one up in smoke man listen the up in smoke tour came here i was i moved to atlanta in 1997 they came here august of 2000 right and it was bananas um i'll never forget that concert it was at uh <laughs> it was at lakewood amphitheater and um so it's outside and it was you know it was august so it was hot and <laughs> one of the things i remember i i wore jeans i don't know why i wore jeans because it was hot but i was cool in the jeans but the jean i had a nice new t-shirt and um jeans and i had a brand new <laughs> i had a brand new pair of timberlands and what made me decide to wear timberlands to a concert uh i don't know i i guess i was trying to look fly and and i learned a quick lesson when you go to concerts don't don't go to look fly go to be comfortable you know particularly with your you know your your, your footwear um whatever shoes you have on so if you ever see ladies in high heels and stuff like that and then you see them at the end of the night they're barely walking because their feet are killing them uh that's how i was at the end i mean like i could barely get to my car my feet were on fire uh from because the Tims that i had like i had never i think i'd only want them like once or twice i didn't really break them in but anyway long story short um the up and smoke tour man it was uh dog pound nate dog um mc ren west side connection eminem ice cube and it was headlined by uh none other than dr dre and snoop dogg so let it be known <laughs> shout out to eclectic um yeah man that that joint was it was crazy because like i remember the lineup i think dog pound started it off and so the thing one of the things that I, I i remember about this concert was like and i i guess i was always aware of it but you don't really pay attention until you actually at the concert is that like i forgot how many hits all of these artists had 
and they were just playing banger after banger after banger. It was just crazy. So it started off with like Dog Pound. Dog Pound came out. They did their set. And then Eminem came on second. So I'll be honest. At this particular time, I think the Slim Shady album had come out. Uh, I want to say whatever. And I think that's the name of it. I can't remember Eminem's first album. Um, But the first album was out. And I think the single that he had out was uh, Slim Shady. Um, but he did like four or five songs. But Eminem, I mean, just the idea of Eminem going on second. Like, he almost opened, <laughs> he almost was the, you know, the, the opening act. Um, but he wasn't large at the time. So he was, I mean, he had a couple of joints, but he wasn't like Eminem like you might think. Um, in fact, Exhibit went on after <laughs> Eminem <laughs> so you know Eminem didn't even have top billing at the time exhibit set was dope then Ice Cube came out he did a couple of joints he did uh, some joints with the West Side Connection that was crazy um, I think and as much as and anybody knows me knows that I love Ice Cube as much as I love I think Ice Cube might have had the the weakest set and his set was dope but I mean like I was looking for like some old vintage Ice Cube and he did a couple I think he did um you know, a couple of joints from the old albums, but you know, it was mostly, <clears throat> excuse me, more of his current stuff. Um, and then, uh, closing it out was, uh, Snoop and Dr. Dre. And what was interesting was like during their set, like they would bring on people, they would do songs and then they would bring on some of the people that you had already seen, but you know, having seen them again, doing the hits, I mean, it was crazy. Like they, like they might do, I don't know, um, the next episode. So, you know, of course, that's Snoop, um, Nate Dogg, Dr. Dre. Um, and then I, I remember Corrupt being out there with them. And then they come back and do What's My Name and, you know, nothing but a G thing. And then they did Bitch, Please. And the Exhibit came back out. And then Eminem came back out for uh, What's the Difference Between uh, Me and You uh, with him and Dr. Dre. Uh, Eminem and Dr. Dre did Forgot About Dre. Um, just, I mean, like they ran through all of the hits, man. They did a couple, couple of tributes to Biggie and Tupac. Um, and then I remember they ended it with, um, uh, let me ride by Dr. Dre, which is one of my favorite joints off the chronic and, uh, still DRE with, uh, Dre and Snoop. And when they did still DRE, man, it was Lakewood amphitheater was the ground was shaking. <laughs> I mean, like 20,000 people outside, just, it was crazy. I mean, like I've, I've been to concerts before, but I have never been to an outdoor concert where the ground beneath us was shaking. Um, yeah, the, the up and smoke tour, man, was bananas. Um, uh, what was another con? Oh, oh, can't forget. Um, D'Angelo. <sighs> The D'Angelo concert was at the Fox Theater. And I can't remember. I don't think it. I'm not sure if this was just a spot date or um, what the situation was, because it wasn't the Brown Sugar Tour and it wasn't the Voodoo Tour because the Voodoo Tour was at uh, Chastain Park here in Atlanta. Uh, But this was at the Fox Theater and D'Angelo did like an hour and a half set. And it was bananas i want to say that this particular concert uh 
he may have been in between albums. It may have been in between. So I'm talking probably like, I don't know, 98, 99. Um, because Brown Sugar came out in 95 and then Voodoo came out in 2000. And it was crazy, man. I, I Every song like was, I mean, <laughs> women falling out. It was, and we had great seats. I went with my wife, Sharice, and um, it was crazy. I, I, I love that concert. I mean, I'm a huge D'Angelo fan, but that concert was crazy. I mean, he gave you an hour and a half of just everything. I mean, just even instrumentals, everything. Like he was, it was, it was like a, it was like almost sitting in a jam session. Like it was just that crazy. And I do remember there was a couple of joints that they played. Um, from voodoo but i'm not sure if voodoo was out yet but we were just in there just jamming i mean like i literally um if <laughs> it felt like i performed by the time he left uh but when he went into um s d m f if you're not familiar is a song that he wrote on the Brown Sugar album called Shit Damn Motherfucker. But he does the rock version of it. And I mean, it was crazy. He ended up smashing a guitar and setting it on fire. I mean, like it looked like when he set it on fire, it kind of looked like uh, you know, something you see from Jimi Hendrix. Um that that show was incredible. I loved that concert um and i probably say the last concert that i want to talk about actually it's a tie uh my favorites um and and they're separate concerts but it's probably a, a, a tie for third well i'm not really ranking them but if i was ranking them i'd say uh third outcast and the roots again two separate concerts um we saw Outcast. Where was that at? That was at that was at the Fox Theater as well. And um, Outcast was, I mean, obviously being, you know, here in Atlanta and them being from Atlanta, um, it was just special, man. I mean, like every single song. I mean, like it was. <laughs> it's funny because when you when you watch them perform, you get the energy that they that they give off. Um, and I mean, Dre was everywhere. Big Boy was all across the stage. They had a live band. Um, it was one of the best hip hop concerts that I've seen. Uh, and, you know, well choreographed. The sets were perfect. Um, and they, you know, they did a, as much performing as they did talking. And I mean, I think that was like a two hour show. And they went through, I want to say, all of their albums up until I, th- I want to say this was so probably the first three albums. So from Southern Playlistic to um, ATLNs through Equimini. Um Because I don't think Stankonia had come out yet. But man. <laughs> and I don't know if we'll ever see Outcast in concert again uh, because, you know, obviously Dre's not rapping anymore. But if you do, <laughs> you don't want to miss them. Uh, and then, like I said, there's a tie. The Roots, I saw The Roots uh, on New Year's Eve coming into 2019. 
And um, man, I, I, I'm glad that I could check that off my bucket list, right? Because the Roots, I had never seen the Roots in concert. And then obviously, you know, the Roots had toured for years. And then obviously they take the job with uh, Jimmy Fallon. So they're not touring as much. And um, so we got a chance to see him uh, at the Roxy uh, here in Atlanta. And um, they did, it was like almost a three hour set. I mean, just their music. Um, they did some cover songs. Black Thought did some freestyling. It was, and then obviously that, you know, they paused and, you know, brought in the new year. And I've got video of it, man. We we had a but <laughs> when I left there, I was drenched in sweat. <laughs> I mean, like I feel like I lost a couple of pounds from 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 performing because it was just that live. Um, so definitely, if you get a chance to see the Roots in concert, uh, do that. Um, you don't want to miss that. Um, and as I mentioned at the top, unfortunately, there are some people that I, I won't ha- have a chance to see. And that's, you know, it's sad. Um, obviously, one of my favorite groups of all time, one of my favorite hip hop groups of all time. I won't be able to see them uh, as they were originally constructed. And that's uh, a tribe called Quest, obviously, because uh, Fife Dog passed away a couple of years ago. Um and that's sad because I had a couple of shots to see him and it was just like I would always like tribe would come here to Atlanta and I would always find out like too late. Like <laughs> I would always find out after the, the place is sold out. Um, so I, I won't get a chance to see tribe. That's that's not cool. Um, definitely won't get a chance to see Prince. Um never saw and I'm a huge Prince fan and I I still kind of kick myself about this because Prince's last concert that he had before he passed away was here in Atlanta um I had seen Rakim the week before and Prince was coming through the following week and he was doing the um man and a piano it's just him at the piano and that was it and um I remember I didn't get tickets, but I was like, you know what? I was like, cause I, it was, and I think it was like in the, it was like on a Wednesday or something like that. It was like in the middle of the week. And I just seen Rakim who had an incredible show the week before. And I was like, you know what? I'll catch Prince. He'll, I mean, cause Prince is always just popping up. I was like, I'll catch him, you know, no big deal. I'll catch him. And so I just knew that he would come back and, uh, I know a couple of people that went to that show and they said it was phenomenal. And obviously, you know, Prince leaves Atlanta. I think he gets sick on a plane and, you know, he's healed, I guess, or taken care of. And then a couple of days later, he passes away. Um, so, yeah, that's sad. And, you know, I, I I kick myself for a lot, just being a fan of Prince. I mean, I love his music, still listen to his music all the time. But, um, you know, I just really thought that I, I'd get in the shot and that happens sometimes, but you know, I was, I kicked myself for a while about that one. Um, another person I'd never see is Lauren Hill. Not that she's no longer here, <laughs> but there's no way in hell that I would waste my money to pay to see Lauren Hill. And I say that in jest, but I'm a huge Lauren Hill fan. I love that album. Miseducation of Lauren Hill, which is 
an R&B album, not a hip hop album, because she's not rapping on it. <laughs> but uh, that's a, that's a story for another day. Um, but no, nah, I mean I love El Boogie, but I, I'm not. And it, her her tardiness or <laughs> unwillingness to perform, or you know, just her history of being late to concerts and everything is well documented you don't need me to go into it but um but no i'm not i'm not i I told somebody i wouldn't go see lauren hill in my backyard (laughs) i just wouldn't because i don't think she'd show up on time i mean and you know she has her reasons for showing up or whatever whatever the case may be but no i'm not doing that so uh, I do know that it, I have a friend who went to the Lauren Hill concert. I think it was in, it was here. I th- want to say it was in Chastain Park, right? So Chastain Park is famous for, they have a noise, because the park itself is in this neighborhood and they have a noise noise ordinance in that particular neighborhood. So um, anytime there's a concert, no matter what, uh, the ordinance in the area is for the concert. Any concerts that are performed there have to be completed or the music has to be turned off at midnight, no matter what. So it don't, it doesn't matter if you if you start your concert at 11 o'clock, if you started it at eight o'clock, the speakers, everything gets turned off at midnight. So I had a homegirl. She went to a Lauren Hill concert, right, at Chastain, and Lauren Hill was supposed to hit the stage. I want to say it like I don't know nine o'clock, or maybe it was eight thirty. She's supposed to show up at eight thirty. Lauren Hill does not hit the stage until eleven thirty, and not only does she hit the stage at eleven thirty, but she's on there talking. And she only performs like I want to say like three songs and she gets into the fourth song and she's going and it's 1159 and then the music gets cut off. Speakers, everything, everything gets turned off and she's up there performing wondering, (laughs) wondering why people can't hear her. And it's because of the ordinance. And I'm sure that she knew this, but this is what happens when you and here's a funny thing. She was actually at the venue early, but she just she said it was she didn't feel the energy to come on stage at that particular time. So people were mad, people were booing, people were upset, you know, because they only got 30 minutes of a Lauren Hill show, if that. But um yeah, man, I I'm I'm I like I said, I love Lauren Hill, but nah, I'm not doing it. I'm not rolling. No, she she again, she could perform in my in my backyard and I'm not showing up. Um, there's a couple of people that I would love to see that I have not seen. Um, I've never seen Run DMC in concert. And of course, you know, we won't get the true Run DMC because Jam Master J is no longer with us. But never seen, you know, Joe and Daryl rock the mic. Um, so I would love to see them. Uh, never seen the great Mary J. Blige. <laughs> I would love to see Mary Jane concert. Love Mary. Um, who else? Oh, Erica Badu. Badu. 
haven't seen her. Um, plan to see her in 2020, but that didn't happen. Um, who else? Oh, Joe Scott. Definitely plan to see Joe Scott in 2020, and that didn't happen either because of the pandemic. And she was celebrating the Who Is Joe Scott album. Um, so if she does a tour when when outside opens back up, I'm 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 in there. Um. Oh, before I forget, there was a funny, <laughs> one of the funniest moments uh, I remember at a concert was uh, I went to a concert at the aforementioned Chastain Park, right? And this particular concert, it was genuine. Casey and Jojo and New Edition, right? And so <laughs> it's kind of, I, I guess I could try to it, it, try to describe it. Um, the way Chastain is set up, like you can see, you see the artist performing or whatever like that. But off to the left of the stage, there was a curtain. And this particular curtain was open for some reason so you could see people so as the artists are performing you could actually see people um behind the curtain or whoever was going backstage right and so genuine opened up the concert and <laughs> man i'm gonna be honest like and it i don't think it wasn't that people weren't feeling genuine but it was just like he was just singing and we were just kind of sitting there and you know you, when you're you're the opening act, you know you're also dealing with people just arriving. So, uh, you know, the place was probably seventy five percent full, but you know, it was just, you know, he, his music wasn't doing it for people, right? And so uh, <laughs> there there came a point where, and this is new addition with everybody, including Bobby Brown. All right. And so about halfway through uh Genuine's four song set, uh behind uh, to, to the left of the stage you could see, you know, new edition or whatever. More specifically, you could see Bobby Brown. And you know, that was kind of like the the running joke like was was Bobby going to show up. And this was I want to say this was 2000 was it 2005 something like that because this was like i know they they had, they had done the home again album um <laughs> but anyway so <laughs> behind the curtain you could have, i mean excuse me to the left of the stage you can actually see behind the curtain a little bit and there's a the curtain open up a little bit even more and you could see bobby brown and so, you know, people who had the idea that Bobby may or may not show up were happy to see him there. So all of a sudden, Genuine's in the middle of this song. I can't remember the name of the song, but people see Bobby Brown and they start yelling and cheering for Bobby. <laughs> and Genuine looks around like, oh, shit, they're, singing, they're, they're clapping for me. <laughs> and he had no clue that people were just, they were losing it, right? The ladies were going crazy. They just started making all of this, because 
again, there wasn't a whole bunch of noise being made while he was singing. So just imagine him just singing. And then all of a sudden uh, this loud roar goes up. And then just as he was about to finish the song, the lady started chanting, Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. And Genuine kind of turns to the left and he sees that that curtain is open. He realized that people were yelling for a new edition and not him. He wasn't happy. <laughs> he put the microphone down and he walked off the stage. <laughs> hey, Genuine, man, I apologize. I, I, I wasn't Genuine. If you're listening, I wasn't cheering for Bobby. I was actually listening to your song that wasn't moving anybody. But hey, it was a great show. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for checking out this edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. And the reason why I say that is because uh, from time to time, there will be some bonus episodes of the podcast. So you don't want to miss it. Uh, That's going to do it for me. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. I'll catch you guys next time. 5,000.